0: This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Today I've asked Dr. Jody Caracosta, the vice president of our organization, Somebody Cares International, to share a word that God gave her on seeking only God. In fact, Scripture says that there should be no other gods before Him. In my last podcast, I talked about idolatry. In fact, I even posed the question, are we Baal worshippers? Of course, we'd say, obviously not. But if you think about it, idolatry is anything that masters or possesses our affections more than Jesus Christ as Christians. So, anything that possesses our hearts, possesses our time, possesses our lives more than the Lord creates a form of worship or idolatry to things outside of the Lord. So, in today's podcast, Dr. Karakasta is going to pose some questions like How do we truly seek the Lord? How do we get the bigger picture? See, God wants all men to seek Him, and God wants the manifest presence of himself in our midst so that we can focus on worshiping him and walking in simple obedience with him to become those who impact the culture in which we live. You see, we need to seek the Lord. We need to have a passion for the Lord that is greater than our passion or desire for anything else. I believe today's message, as well as the ones we've been doing previously, are very timely into the times in which we live. It's interesting that even today, when you're listening to this podcast, we're in the middle of the 10 days of all, which in the U.S. started on September the 18th, which is a Friday at sundown, and was also Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year of the year 5781. To quote my friend Dr. Victoria Sarvati, she says, The time from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur is called the Ten Days of Awe. This time is intended to give God's people a time of reflection and introspection. It's an anointed time where God's presence guides us to transparency and repentance. We must choose to make things right among our brothers and sisters in the Lord, as well as family members. We search the heart of God for the times we may have offended others, and for areas where we have held on to bitterness ourselves. May the God of peace reveal his will concerning all of your relationships, she says. May we leave our sacrifice at the altar, make peace with our brothers and sisters before we approach our perfect and just God. So from Rosh Hashanah, which is the first of the month of Tishri in the Jewish calendar, all the way through Yom Kippur is called the Ten Days of Awe. And Yom Kippur is known as the Day of Atonement or the Day of Judgment. It's considered the holiest day of the year in Judaism. Its central themes are atonement and repentance, atonement for personal and even national sins. So as you listen to this podcast and begin to reflect on the previous podcast that I've been sharing in the last few months, I believe it's timely and it's important for us, even as we look back and reflect on this last year, which has been full of challenges, the global pandemic, divisiveness, polarization, anarchy, lawlessness, so many things that are overwhelming in heart. But what a great opportunity for right now for us to reflect on where we've come from in preparation for where we're going. And isn't it a great time for us to get back to our first love, to come back to that place in the presence of a holy, holy, holy God, and may God's amazing, abounding, and great grace help us to come back to that place in humility and repentance before Him, so that we would not have any other gods before us, that truly we would be those who seek only the Lord. May we have a passion for God that is greater than our passion for anything else. As any leaven is removed from our hearts and we reflect on the past, may we have a reason to celebrate as we move to the future. In the midst of all that's going on around us, Jesus is still on the throne and may be on the throne of our hearts. Take a few moments now and listen to Dr. Jody Caracosta as she shares on seeking only God.
1: Thank you Doug for allowing me to share what's been on my heart lately. You know, with all that's going on in our nation and around the world, many of us are heeding the call to more fervently seek the Lord. But how do we truly seek the Lord? This question's been marinating in my thoughts for the past few weeks. The answer seems Pretty straightforward, but there's more to it than meets the eye. As I was reading 1 Samuel recently, the Lord showed me something I had not noticed before. In the story of Samuel, I usually focus on what God and Samuel are doing without stepping back and seeing the big picture. This time, I saw the bigger picture. Samuel is the last of Israel's judges, and this was a time when Judges 21-25 says, Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So when Samuel came on the scene as a young man, the word of the Lord was pretty rare in Israel. But God revealed himself to Samuel because Samuel sought the Lord. And word spread about Samuel throughout the whole nation. Uh, Now, it was about this time that Israel went out to fight the Philistines. Of course, they did this without seeking the Lord. And during that first battle, the Philistines defeated Israel and the elders complained, saying, why did God bring defeat upon us today before the Israelites? But instead of stopping and seeking God at that point of defeat, they treat God like a talisman or a good luck charm. They said, let's bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shiloh so that it may go out before us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So off they go carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant into battle. But things don't go as they hoped. And the Philistines defeated them again. This time, the the Philistines captured the Ark as well. While the Israelites mourned the loss of the Ark, the Philistines, who were in possession of the Ark, had an unexpected encounter with the Lord. They put the Ark of the Lord in the temple of their god, Dagon. In the morning, they found their idol lying face down in front of the Ark. They set it back up, but the next morning it was face down again with its head and hand broken off. Through the subjugation of their idol, the Lord was revealing himself to the Philistines as the only true God. But the Philistines did not get the message and failed to turn from Dagon worship to seek the Lord. Instead, in an effort to rid themselves of their problem, they decided to move the ark to a different Philistine city. But wherever they sent the ark, the Philistines began to suffer from tumors, rats, and other destruction. They quickly understood that their troubles came from the Lord. But once again, they did not seek him. Instead, after six months of misery, they put the ark on a cart drawn by two milk cows whose calves were locked up. They waited to see what the cows would do. Without any leading, those cows miraculously headed to Israel instead of back to their calves. Again, God was proving himself to the Philistines, inviting them to follow him. But they clung to their false God. Now, the Israelites were out working in the fields. And when the ark arrived back in Israel at Beth Shemesh, there was great rejoicing. The Israelites immediately made sacrifices to the Lord in the field where the cart carrying the ark stopped. It seemed like things were turning around for Israel, but as they crowded around, 70 Israelites looked inside the ark, something only the high priest was permitted to do. They had not learned. They did not see God. Even though they sacrificed to the Lord, they still did what was right in their own eyes. And all 70 of those Israelites died. Understandably, fear of the Lord fell on the people at Beth Shemesh. They recognized the holiness of God, but again, they did not repent. Rather, they asked people from a neighboring town, Kiriath-Jerimah, to come and take the ark away. So the ark remained in Kiriath-Jerimah for 20 years. At this point, 1 Samuel 7 verse 2 says, All the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. Finally, then Samuel called all the people together. And first Samuel seven three, Samuel says, If you're returning to the Lord with all your heart, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtaras, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Let's stop a minute and take note here of what's happening. The people of Israel are seeking the Lord, but they're also worshiping other gods. They are not fully committed to the Lord. They want his protection. But they also want the immorality, materialism, and sinfulness allowed by the false gods. The Lord will not tolerate that. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 implores us to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon. That day, the people of Israel did put away their idols. Samuel cried out to the Lord on their behalf, and the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into a panic that they were routed by the Israelites. So Israel finally had peace with their neighbors, at least for a while. Like Israel in the time of Samuel, many people today are doing what is right in their own eyes. Even many who call themselves Christians are seeking the Lord and the idols of the day. But if we truly want the Lord's intervention in our lives, in our communities, and in our nation, we must rid ourselves of those idols too. We must love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, as it says in Mark twelve thirty. My family came to Christ when I was six. Not long after, we learned what the Bible says about fortune-telling, sorcery, all kinds of witchcraft and idol worship. And like the Ephesians did in Acts 19.19, we gathered everything up in our house that had anything to do with witchcraft and idolatry and burned them. We wanted to rid our lives of anything that would draw us away from following the Lord wholeheartedly. One of the items we had was a valuable piece of furniture that had signs of the horoscope ingrained in the wood. Our neighbor offered to buy it from my parents, but they did not want any gain from anything related to sorcery, so we burned that too. And the atmosphere in our home changed when we got rid of those items. Of course, those are not the only forms of false gods and idols we must purge from our lives. Anything that steals our affection away from God is an idol. If we truly want to seek God, we must be ruthless with idols of any kind in our lives. God is not our good luck charm to pull out when we're in trouble. While He loves to answer the prayers of the righteous, He cannot be manipulated or fooled into doing our bidding. To truly seek the Lord, we must be willing to submit fully to Him, to turn away from those things in our lives that are rivals for our affection, and He will give us the desire of our hearts, which will be more of Him. Then God will abundantly pardon us, and as Second Chronicles 7.14 says, He will hear from heaven. Forgive our sin and heal our land. If you have been crying out to the Lord, but since there's a distance between you and Him, ask the Lord to reveal to you any idols or ungodly influences in your life. When He shows you, be quick to repent and rid your life of those things. Maybe it's turning away from some all consuming form of entertainment or a reliance on an ungodly source of information. Some may need to repent of making a political party or figure their savior instead of the Lord. Others may have addictions from which they need freedom. There are many who make the pursuit of wealth, prominence, or position a god, and many who dabble in occult games, horoscopes, tarot cards, fortune tellers, and other sorcery from which they must repent. God wants your whole heart, and it's worth giving all your allegiance to him. It is time to truly seek the Lord. Our land needs to be healed. So let's seek Him wholeheartedly. If you're in need of prayer today, you can send us prayer requests, prayer at somebodycares.org. And you can also call our prayer line, 855-459-2273. And keep up to date with all that we're doing by following us on Instagram at Somebody Cares America, Facebook, or our YouTube channel, Or you can sign up for email updates at somebodycares.org.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.